0: Live from the flight deck of the USS Carl Vinson and brought to you by Alliance Rubber Bands holding your world together rubber bands. I'm Delmon and I'm Malicious, and this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 70, and we are recording on September 14th, 2013. And, Allie, why don't we still have theme music? Well, I was at the county fair. I got distracted by some big. Was there a spider in the corner by the pig?
1: There was.
0: You weren't eating a jumbo turkey leg, were you? <laughs> Gnawing on that big old ham bone?
1: A turkey leg?
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, they got those a, big ass... How do they grow I, turkeys that big?
1: Wait, you a know? ham bone? A turkey leg? Which one are we eating? Maybe
0: it's They're a. They're two
1: different animals.
0: Good point. I guess I, I, I didn't really do very well in barnyardology.
1: <laughs> a giant turkey leg sounds really tasty right now, actually.
0: But not a ham bone?
1: I'm not sure if I want a ham bone. All right. I, in fact, I'm pretty sure I don't want a ham bone.
0: All right. But we do want to do some emails, I think. We
1: do. We do. And um, let's just get right into it. Uh, the first one comes from Dan. And we'll just call him Dan. He doesn't tell us what server he plays on, but he entitles his email a long email, but it's your fault. Exclamation point, exclamation point, smiley face. Allie, Allie, Allie. Now, as upset as you made me in your referring to me and people possibly like me as a 10-year-old ex-Minecraft player in your episode at the end of August, I felt compelled to get in touch I believe I am a wonderful example of the ultimate newbie in EQ2. In fact, I may even be a record holder if records existed too old. <laughs> Do you think anyone will email in, you, uh, you said when asking for new player feedback? Well, allow me to explain why this 35-year-old considers EQ2 to be the best game he never really played. In what is my first of many contradictions, I confess having been a new player since launch. What I mean by this is that for many, many boring reasons, while I played at launch no further than level 25, I had to take time away from the game. The price? I fell behind the curve. Of course, I hadn't made much headway into the game in those 25 levels, but I had experienced a bit of its early mechanics, which gave me an insight, and I fell in love with the feel of it all. And who didn't love being lost in the down-below? So now he goes on to talk about his uh, uh, returning to EQ2 several different times and uh, over the years. And each time uh, sort of feeling like he has to catch up to this curve, which I think we, we all know what that feels like. So then he continues on. When at SOE Live, Holly announced the heroic level 85s, I was over the moon. Finally, I thought I'll get to see the expansion content that I've been, I have purchased and unexplored for years. Okay, so there will be plenty of levels to chase, and I may still be overawed with jumping that far ahead. But I think finally, this plan is targeting me. So there's half a chance that real new people may join, and it may be designed as a fast-track path in its explanations, which will cater to my lack of experience. It may be relevant to the timing of this, but since EQ Next was restarted and announced, I had decided to write off EQ2 as a game I would love to have played, but for one reason or another, couldn't. So if this is a win-back scheme, they have won me back one last time when I had vowed not to. I love the IP. I know the lore. I keep up with the news. I've played many MMOs for many years. I'm ready this time. Whether I stay will be a lot to do with how this plays out. For a change, I'm hopeful. All the best, and with too many newbie characters to on too many servers to mention. Signed, Dan. P.S. If you know any guilds happy to take veteran noobs, let me know. <laughs> so, Del, uh, what are your feelings about Dan's email regarding his various and sundry uh, explorations into EQ2 and starting and stopping the new player experience.
0: Yes, yes. First, let me say I very much enjoyed Dan the man's email here. Why, Allie? Because he took a direct shot at you.
1: Of course you love that.
0: I, I absolutely I'm did. I'm being,
1: being scolded. I'm being tisked,
0: You, You were. You challenged the noob to reach out, and the noob reached out. Oh, yes. And he smacked you around a little bit.
1: Right, yes. And
0: uh, I I loved his little innuendo about life in the down below. I I enjoyed it down there too. I agree. Uh, But yeah, you know, I think we've talked a lot about how that returning player who starts and stops and keeps coming back and, you know, moves on to something else for a little while or or maybe something else distracts them, uh, how difficult it can be to get back into the swing of things. Mm -hmm. Because certainly EverQuest 2 is a huge game. And there are always things changing and there are always new things. So what may have been a year ago is no longer. You know, I I can only imagine what it would be like if somebody came back who played prior to DOV and prior to the uh, stat consolidation scheme. Mm -hmm. And they're already talking about more stat consolidations for the the next expansion. So I think even as veterans, though, we, we are challenged by that. Uh, It seems each expansion, each uh, development team wants to put their stamp on on the game and decides, well, now we don't, you know, we just got Spell Weapon, what, a couple years ago? And now Spell Weapon seems to be bad. We need to consolidate that with something else. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I am so done with all the change. Can we please stop it? Because I can't keep track. Could you maybe, you know what? The fact that they keep changing things now, I feel like you know what—you've changed it enough times. You need to publish and have like a regular page that you update that shows everything about the stats, so people can figure this crap out because it's just too much.
0: Well, Allie, we have that.
1: Yeah, I know it's the wiki.
0: It's it's the official. I request the official, the
1: right? Yes. Could we actually update it though, and actually have information there that's useful, please?
0: Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah, okay. The, 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 okay, snarkiness is coming out there from both Sorry. of us, I think. And that's, I think it's, it's, it's okay because I think it's, tr- it's not only snarky, but it is true. Uh, that would be the resource for them to put that stuff into. But uh, uh, let's be honest. If they documented it, then they become responsible for it. And I think they don't want that. I mean, uh, not only are, are spell weapon and all that's changing. It just seems like we got adorns and now we have to change those again.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, is it red and yellow now make purple? Uh, you know this is the crayola method of of eq2 okay we we we, we gave you these things and then we added green okay but now we don't like that so now you're going to be left with whites and greens and purples because in the reds and yellows i don't know what are going to happen they're melting them and merging them or something i'm
1: annoyed annoyed by all of it i'm sorry it's just too much uh, so
0: I think I think both of us, even as veterans, can appreciate uh, Quit dancing. Quit
1: moving my uh, cheese, damn it.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. That the, the carrot out there is constantly being put somewhere else, and we have to chase that. Uh, although we're not necessarily told what we need to chase, which is yet another problem. But uh, So I, I think, yeah, I can appreciate where Dan's coming from because even as a veteran, I'm struggling sometimes with all the changes. Uh, I remember at SOE Live the, the mechanics panel. And they were just whipping through slides, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I, I think I'm a pretty educated player, and I don't even know what the heck they're talking about anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you know, stuff that just seemed to come in an expansion or two ago is now on its way out, is, is somehow now unfavored. So therefore we have to change it. It, it. You know, the old adage of the only thing that's constant is change. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that speaks volumes in, in EverQuest too, with the various development teams now. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you have the next email,
0: don't you? I, I do, I do. And it is from our buddy Sprouts. And Sprouts entitles his email, Sprouts the Sprout on Fire! Exclamation point. Hello from your well-traveled, freeloading friend, Sprouts. Even though I don't play EverQuest 2 any longer, and I've now put a year under my belt of Guild Wars 2, I still enjoy listening to your show. I was very interested in what the two of you would have to say about EQ Next. Mumblings from the internet seemed to be positive, but I wasn't sure if the tenured EQ2 player would buy in that fast. One thing that has me perplexed with SOE in general is player-made items. On one hand, it is a great opportunity for people to get noticed and possibly move to a career in video games. On the other, it potentially is removing jobs from that same industry. Why pay for content designers if you have millions of potential people willing to do it for free? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I can't decide. As for next, it's intriguing, but I think for me it's too much sandbox. I like a little structure in my MMOs. I played Ultima Online for a good while, and that is a pretty big sandbox. After a while, though, you get tired of making your own stuff up to do. Wow, they're really going through with the Insta85 idea. For a game like EQ2, I don't think this is a good idea. There's too much content you miss by doing that. Maybe if they made it only available to those that have a max-level character already, then it would be okay. In Guild Wars 2, it would actually work out since your character gets auto-leveled, kind of like EQ2's mentoring system, every time you zone. You can enjoy all of the content, even if you are max-level. Hope everything is going great in Norath. Happy Tinkerfest to you all, signed, Sprouts. So, Allie, any thoughts on what Sprouts uh, talks about here in his email about uh, the Insta85s, or having content designers working for free as players,
1: Well, uh, the thing about um, the insta 85s, I think that the price point will make the difference between you know losing all that content and not. but I think in a way we've already lost that content, the one to eighty four maybe, or 80. Because people power through it anyway, and we've talked about this so many times on the show. Um, People power through it, and you don't really explore that content unless you are – I don't even think you really experience it in the same way anymore. You know, I think it's lost. I really do think you're just not experiencing that content as it was created. Um, So it's kind of already gone, basically which is a sad thing, but I think maybe it's possible that they'll have a price point on this 85 thing um, that may prevent a large number of people from doing it. You know, so you still will have some people seeing the content and other people blowing through it to, you know, level up really quick or whatever. Um, As far as the other thing goes with um, putting people out of jobs, I don't know. I don't know enough about the industry to know what is good or bad. Um, I think sometimes the tail wags the dog and sometimes the dog wags the tail. Maybe that's a little vague, but I think that's as far as I'm willing to go (laughs) with that.
0: Yeah, I I don't think Player Studio, which is SOE's... Uh, attempt to allow players to create content and put it in game that we have today. I, I don't think that's putting any of the uh, art team or uh, content team out of a job. I think that's an initial knee-jerk reaction that folks may have had. I, I'm certainly sure that the day that this was pitched at the office, I'm sure some of them felt that same way, going, hey, wait a minute, now you're going to have people doing this for free, and but I'm here 40 hours plus doing it already. You hired me to do this, and now... Not potentially going to put me out based on what a player makes uh, well I'll, I'll, I think that may have been a knee jerk reaction I, I don't think that 's what's actually happened if anything I think it's given soE the opportunity to work even harder to create even better things uh, and it's certainly we're not seeing thousands of cloaks and we 're not seeing millions of t shirts show up in free realms or or tons of camo patterns in Planet Side 2. Uh, the good ones are making it through. And certainly I've seen people purchasing some of that stuff and wearing it in-game. Uh, but I don't think it's going to make SOE rich. You know, I don't think we're going to see the, dri- uh, the content team all driving around in solid gold Lamborghinis, do we? Uh, I, I don't think so, and nor do I think there's any player out there doing that as well, paying right. their mortgage based on some cloaks that they sold in, in EverQuest too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for folks who are capable and have that skill set, uh, I think it's good. Uh, I think a lot remains to be seen what will happen in in Landmark, where I think they might be trying to lower the entry bar a little mm-hmm. bit, mm-hmm. make it a little bit easier. Make it so that you don't have to be a uh, an artiste to to have some success. You know, I think a lot of people, when Player Studio was first pitched, confused that with house decorating. Yeah. And so they thought everybody was going to be able to just, you know, download some tools on Friday and have an item for sale by Monday. Right. I'd, I'd like to think they pretty much learn that very quickly that that's not how that sort of stuff works. Uh, You know, I saw and I said, okay, this is certainly beyond the artistic skills of Delmon. Right. Uh, Neither do I have the skills nor the inclination or the desire to want to learn that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am amazed and and always impressed by those who can. So, um, I I don't foresee uh, Landmark or or Player Studio putting any uh, game designers out of work. If anything, I think it helps them uh, see what players want uh, because this is what's being created, and there's certainly more things coming in. Isn't everybody always talking for their homes? They want toilets for some reason.
1: Yeah, I don't get that. Uh,
0: no EQ2 designer has drawn one yet, but uh, you know, I'm sure there's several coming through Player Studio at some point. Are we gonna have litter boxes next? Uh, why wouldn't we? Because you win? know,
1: they're, they're cats in game.
0: Uh, yes, I actually have one. Strangely enough, I do actually have an in-game pet in my, so, in my house. Yeah.
1: There really needs to be a litter box and a dirty litter box.
0: Okay. I you know, you you you've got the role player in me thinking now, Allie, where is my cat going? Right. I don't know. Uh, well,
1: maybe it's a magical cat.
0: I I who holds his poop in.
1: Or it's going in that little hidey hole in your Kino's house.
0: Uh, yeah, the one that I don't pay for. Maybe he's going over and paying the rent oh, there and doing yeah, his no. business there. There's
1: no secret room in the the free one.
0: I fear I'm going to open my uh, a moving crate or something and find all Lots the treasures, of- <laughs> all the treasures that he's left me.
1: Awesome, and along with a bunch of Easter grass that he's barfed up.
0: Uh, perhaps. Yes, yes. Uh, other live event stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we need to stop about house. Uh, to- stop talking about house decorating now before we uh, get ourselves in trouble here. That's
1: probably a good call. So we have another email here um, from Mycelia. And this actually was an in-game mail. And this one is entitled, Noob. Well, you wanted to find one, and I'm still a noob. I just leveled my first character to level 95. I never played WoW, EQ1, Minecraft, or anything other than Second Life. I'm not 10. Hell, my daughter is old enough to drink. I started playing because a friend was playing and asked me to join and play. And now they don't play anymore and I'm still having fun. I still find new zones and things to explore. I think you see the duct tape because you know what it was like before. Leveling from 1 to 90 was smooth with only a couple of stalls without knowing where to go and what to do. Leveling from 90 to 95 was slow and difficult. I did 90 to 92 by chronoing, chronoing down and doing the heritage quests. 92 to 93 was done in The Great Divide and 93 to 94 in Withered Lands. For 94 to 95, I did my epic weapons quest and then moved to the quest in the Sky Shrine. I also started six characters within a month of starting Mycelia. Now that this one is 95, I'm using another character to explore and level in places that Mycelia never went. That one is now level 60 and is level locked to expand AA's. So I really don't see the main character the way you talk about it. So, Del, what do you think about this whole new player experience? Is this a completely different animal than we are used to leveling from 1 to 90? being kind of like a walk in the park, and really the hard part being up to 95.
0: Well, I want to say, first off, Al, you certainly have woken the dragon, haven't you? Yes,
1: I I, I touched on the nerve, the Minecraft nerve. Everybody's mad at me. Yes, I I fear all
0: the non-10-year-old noobs out there. Not
1: ten-year-old Minecraft players. They hate me.
0: Right. They're, they're forming. They're unionizing. They're forming a coalition to take you out.
1: <laughs> I'm. Uh, I already hired a bodyguard, and you know, yeah.
0: Well, I hope. I hope things work out for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, those tiny little fists that they have, those noobs. Um, but, I
1: didn't say that. <laughs> Delmont said that.
0: I, I think you ask a really interesting question, I, and I and I think there's there's something to that. Uh, we envision the noob as going, I would say, 1 to 95. Why? Because that's how our alts are going along, right? Yeah. But I think the new noob, you know, like Mycia was talking a little bit about there was, well, I started down this path as a, as a, a necro. Uh, because I thought Necro sounded cool. Then I got 20, 30, maybe 40 levels in it. Now I want to try Paladin or something. Or, you know, and then I did a little bit of that. I didn't see some, I didn't get over to the Fadeware con- uh, Continent. So you know what? Um, I- I'm going to make a Shadow Knight maybe, and I'm going to go explore over there with that. So uh, I-, I think, you know, where we, and, and you know, I think we are uh, on the extreme of, of the alt spectrum where you and I don't really have a lot of alts that we play at a high consistent mm-hmm. level. I certainly say that I have more mules than I do alts. Uh, these folks are experiencing a lot of different content on a lot of different play characters, whereas we all did it through one main character. Uh, maybe if we get tired a little bit of that, we, we leveled a little something else. But it sounds like you know some of these folks who are writing into us are trying four and five different characters out as opposed to just kind of sticking with one and going that one through 94 mm-hmm. and then becoming 95.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, there's something to be said for that. I think it's a totally different experience um, when you're playing different characters and really learning how to play them or, like, really knowing how to play them. Like, for me, an alt is kind of just anything, you know? And I, it sounds really bad, but, you know, I have a each one of my alts or mules glorified mules maybe as you call them um had a reason for existing and i can remember every single one and none of them were anything other than you know well this one i have my swashbuckler is the only reason she exists was to run the candy cane snatch and grab quest so that there were enough people to play that when it was time for Allie to play it how sad is that
0: I don't know. I'm not really an alt. I, That's I'm not going to say it's sad, but what is your 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 alts are need based. They were right. not exploratory, exploratory alts. Yes. To see what it was like to play a swashbuckler, you right. needed it to do a care. specific task.
1: Yes, and all of them. You know, I I wanted one. I have a monk whose name reflects what she is, and she's basically a punching bag for being able to kill her. When we wanted to get achievements for dueling, basically. Uh,
0: I re- I remember her well. I <laughs> I punched her and took her loot many times. <laughs> right. So
1: she just lets you kill her at level one. But she's now beyond level one. But anyway, you know, other people play alts for reals. And Allie doesn't play alts for reals. <laughs> you know, most of my alts are trade skilling, you know, whatevers. I mean, they could be a fury they're not really a fury you know the shadow knight i think is probably the only one that i've actually played for real as as the the adventuring class and probably only because that was so much fun because you get to ae the crap out of everything so
0: let me ask you that let me ask you this about the, the these these other types of folks who are playing you know uh many different characters and moving them at different rates not necessarily going to max level and then starting over yeah. Which I think has been our experience. Get to max level, you know, ding, 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 and then go back to level one. And if you want to make it on, you start working that one to max level. Mm-hmm. These That's folks true. seem to get to a point where they're, I want to try something different level. <laughs>
1: whatever,
0: yeah. that, whatever that numerical value may be. And it's different for every character, maybe every different person. I wonder if in today's environment, and this is what I want to ask you, is if in today's environment where you have moloing as such a popular option of gameplay. Mm-hmm. If it's so much easier to say, okay, I've moloed my my tank with a with a healer merc. Maybe now I want to try the reverse. Now I want to be the healer and have the the tank be the merc. And it's two totally different experiences. Uh, and because of molowing, you have the opportunity to, to do more. Um, more content is available to you mm. uh, that necessarily wasn't available to us when we were leveling. When yeah. we had to come along, everything was heroic oriented now there's a a much more kinder gentler softer path well there's an in between
1: i think that's not a fair statement i think it's uh not softer okay i mean because really you can do heroic content with a group and that's just as soft because technically you've got five other people to help you um it's just different you know there's another layer of gameplay so instead of just soloing and grouping they're soloing mullowing and grouping. I mean, there's another level. You could duo it or you can mullow it. Right? I mean, I, I think that's good.
0: Right. And I, I just think when we were coming along, mm-hmm. there was no golden path. Right. Uh, Antonica was a dangerous place because everything was a dynamic camp and it was all heroic. You stepped outside the gate and everything wanted to kill kill you and could. Right.
1: You had to group.
0: Nowadays, you can step outside the gate and you can kill anything you want.
1: Wow! Uh, this brings back so many memories because, like, I'm thinking about walking through Antonica, and you had to stay on the sidewalk. And when the sidewalk ran out at Archer's Wood, look out! You need to know where you're going. Like, you can meet up at the Claymore. Do You remember those days? Like, I do. Re- I or do we remember. Can yes. at The Claymore to kill Knowles, right? Because you need a group to kill those. Uh, Knowles
0: at the tents and, and and you came streaming in as fast as you could into into the claymore hoping that there would be some other people standing around uh, mm-hmm. to help you get rid of whatever you just dragged along with you if you made it that far right um, i guess back then would you say that the claymore was was guild yep. version dot nine because yes. that's where people stood around yes uh, yes, or or yes. what's the what's the one over there in the common lands, the crossroads?
1: Yes, the crossroads. The
0: crossroads in the claymore was was the original guild hall. That's where you stood around looking. Yeah, for that other was people. your
1: LFG place.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I I just wonder with with the with the overland content being very solo oriented, the golden path rewarding you uh, appropriate gear for where you're playing in the level that you're at. Uh, if it's easier to decide, I'm going to jump ship and go over here and do this now because you're you are by yourself. You and your you and your marker together. Uh, whereas before, when you had that group, you were constantly playing in a group. You were constantly leveling with them, and you were all going forward. Uh, I I just wonder if the more solo oriented play style now provides an easier an easier method for jumping around to various and different alts along the way as opposed to wanting to get all the way to the end game first.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, there is more to do now. So, you know, you're jumping around at level 20 doesn't really have a huge impact on 95. Whereas in the past, you know, I mean, when we were coming up, level 50 was the max, and everything was heroic content, basically. I don't know. I I think... Yeah, there are so many options because there is so much content in the game. But in a way, what difference does it make, really? Because in the end, they have to get to 95 eventually. Um, And then we're all kind of in the same boat.
0: Well, I'm going to nitpick you there a little bit. They don't have to get to 95.
1: No, they don't have to. But if they do, we're all in the same boat at 95. Yes. So what difference does it make how you got
0: there? Uh, That's true. And, And you make a really good point, too. There is a lot... Wider content path now. Mm-hmm. When we came along, there was pretty much a subscribe path. Right. You know, you went through each tier.
1: Right. Uh,
0: if you would have followed the same path that Delmon did today, um, you would miss, you know, say Butcher Block, because right. that wasn't on his path. You know, he had to. He did uh, Antonica, then Thundering Steps, then he moved to Enchanted Lands. Right. That original content line. There are so many other parallel content lines that you can yeah. totally miss out on. Mm-hmm. Um, back when we started, there were two places to start. You started in Kino, so you started in Freeport. Right. And in the beginning, the Twain shall never meet. Right. You could now start in Dark, dark Light Woods, level up that way, and and completely skip New Hallis and then decide, hey, you know what? I, I haven't done New Hallis yet. I want to go over there and see what that was like for a little while, too. We we had to follow one path because it was the right. only real path at that time. Now that that golden path is four or five lanes wide.
1: And you couldn't talk to each other or send mail to each other. Remember that?
0: Well, that's a lot of things we couldn't do back then. You
1: couldn't do writs together. That was so annoying. That was annoying.
0: There's were there. there been a lot of changes. And I think, you know, yeah. maybe that's a, a topic for some show down the road. We yeah. should list off all the things that have maybe changed since day one, things that we yeah. didn't have, uh, <laughs> things we take for granted now. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of one the other day just real quickly. If you remember back in the day, if you wanted to see what a piece of armor or a weapon looked like, how'd you get to see it? You equipped it, yeah, and then it was bound to you because it was not yeah. tradable, right? Right,
1: yeah.
0: This concept of let me right-click that and see what it looks like in the dressing room.
1: There's no dressing room. There was
0: no dressing room. You put it on and you and you liked it or you didn't, and then but you owned yeah. it. Was this is a good uh,
1: So yeah, we we kind of floated this idea uh in behind the scenes before, but that's a great idea. Uh, doing like a. Uh kind of a the way it used to be episode mm. you know what do you do you remember when like I remember when coin weighed had weight to it, and you could actually be out killing stuff, and if you killed a bear and you got like nine more coin nine more copper, you're now encumbered. <laughs> you can't move <laughs> because the coin didn't automatically convert up. You have like 10,000 copper and you've gone over your limits
0: yes, mobs. and you're
1: totally encumbered and you're moving really slow.
0: Uh, dead mobs did not make change back in the day.
1: They did not make change. They certainly didn't give you gold or plat.
0: No, and certainly that in to scrape together, as I know we've talked in the past, that's 60 silver. Right. Uh, you were like taking out a mortgage at that point <laughs> to form a guild. Yeah. Uh, 60 silver. And if you had a guild, you were loaded. Because yeah. that meant you at, at one point you had had at least six people who could pull together sixty silver.
1: Well, speaking of pulling six people together, uh, yeah, we had a, an
0: interesting you know discussion the other night, Alan. And I thought it made a really a really good idea for a, a show topic, and um, so I had this question, and let's pose it. Uh, let's pose it the way we did when we when we were chatting about it before we recorded. Uh, and the question I have, Alan, is: Do you think there is a thriving heroic? content community today in everquest too
1: and my answer would be no because you say the word thriving thriving sounds very live and active and i don't think we have that Uh,
0: what if i what if i was to remove the the word thriving then and just say is there a heroic community (laughs) content out there or a content community out there
1: well um i might have to defer to people who actually read level channel okay because I have mine off. Most of the time it's there, it's just hidden. Um, But I'm I'm squirreled away in my guild hall most of the time or raiding. So to me, I would say no because I'm not part of it. What's your perception? Uh,
0: my perception, I think that's a really good way to put it. My <laughs> perception is no, there isn't either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure why that is. And, and I'm sure right now, Allie, there's some noob out there. Uh, who's furiously banging away on an email going, I play heroic content, you fools. (laughs) Right. And I'm loving it. Uh, And would certainly like to hear from those folks. I don't see it, you know, and and you're right, my perception is what I see going by in level chat, uh, what I see in Dungeon Finder, or I shouldn't say see, saw in Dungeon Finder, and, and what I see in my own guild and my own travel experiences. I don't think a lot of folks are doing the heroic content. And I, I have to wonder whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, if people are having fun, then I guess it's a good thing that, that they're still having fun and, and find content to do. Um, but, but why is it? Why aren't folks doing heroic content? We talked about back when we played in the beginning, uh, heroic content was the only way to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Everything was heroic. Right. There, there, were, there were three knolls in Antonica that were solo. That was it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and, uh, and they were right there by the gate. Yeah, exactly. And, and they weren't camped. <laughs> right. You know, people, people, there were people, there were six people who bucked up and went out there and, and lived and died together. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you didn't necessarily group until they were all there because you didn't want them to die along the way and have you get experience death Debt. from them. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> another throwback thing, right? Right. But, you know, talking about if our perception is correct, if there is not a thriving heroic community... Uh, the question is maybe, why is that? Right. And I, I think one of the major reasons is, is loot, right? Ultimately, EverQuest 2 is a game about punching mobs in the face and taking their stuff. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, maybe other folks say, no, it's a, it's a game about putting stuff in a house and making aquariums out of various uh, components that don't look like an aquarium. Uh, but I think that loot chase is important, and I have to wonder if the loot chase, or, or lack thereof, uh, has, has led to a decline in, the, in people running heroic content. Back in the day, there was the Drunder necks. Everybody ran Drunder while looking for those, those neck pieces. They were very valuable and highly desirable. People went after those. Uh, they would run all three Drunder zones, and not only did they not always drop, you had to first get to the mob. Right, uh, and then hope he dropped it. So yeah. sometimes the mob wasn't up, and then sometimes he didn't drop it. Mm-hmm. So you, you could be running those over and over again. Uh, Sleeper's Tomb, uh, most recently, w- was quite popular as well. Why for those uh, those charm pieces, those set bonus charm pieces that people were very interested in? Uh, so I think that, that chasing of loot is very important. Uh, if you look at what we have in Chains of Eternity right now, the vast majority of people who are running zones that I see are running uh, two zones primarily. They're running Sleeper's Tomb or uh, Harrow's End. Why? Because those two zones drop mounts. Mm-hmm. And, and they're
1: selling the loot.
0: And Exactly. They're selling it uh, for the vast majority of them. And you even see groups being set up for this saying, this is a cell run or they're the, the will randomize it and the winner will determine whether they sell it or they take it it's up to them but mm-hmm. there's this motivation of selling the loot right um uh, and they're really only selling two things mounts because they're very popular everybody wants them they're they're, they're they've got good stats they've got good bonuses uh, they're highly desirable again so people want these things so i think I, I think the lack of loot chase in heroic zones is leading people not to want to run them or those who are running them are motivated by selling them, and they're only running certain ones to uh, sell that particular item out of.
1: Right. I think this is a problem that will be there until the end of time, basically, unless they close the loophole on SLR, which I don't think is going to ever happen. And that's a horrible thing to think about because I absolutely hate like the experience. Like I, In theory, I don't really care about SLR. But when it comes down to it, I hate it. I hate it because it's affecting my gameplay. You know, like uh it's affecting my gameplay. I just I don't it's affecting my gameplay in the fact that when we raid and we have to pause to sell something. Or we, you know, I, I eh yeah, eh yeah. What are we doing?
0: Let me ask you this. Do you think Joe Sixpack and we've talked about Joe in the past? Yeah. Do you think Joe Sixpack is sitting back saying, "Why should I run these zones?
1: Mm-hmm. When Why I is an average player stuff? Should,
0: mm-hmm. right? Should I run these zones if I'm eventually going to see it go up for sale in the auction channel? I right. can hang out in my guild hall. I can run some solo zones, or I can, you know, I can do whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I think that's kind of unfortunate because really, what that becomes is you know whoever Joe Sixpack is or whatever regular average Joe player is playing the game and doing what they enjoy, right? But then they are, they are taunted or encouraged or, you know, seduced by the links in auction chat, whether it's a group thing, you know, heroic content uh, or times four or even times two. You know, I can get this great piece for only so-and-so amount of plaid. Let me save up to get that because that's way better than anything I can get with my Merc and I've researched all this stuff and this is the thing to have and this is what you know Mr. Perfect Paladin says that I should have I mean are are people enjoying the game is that enjoyable Uh, and you're just buying the loot that you want so you can play the content that you enjoy by being and then are you overpowered for that content at that point.
0: Or, well, it just becomes a vicious cycle. If I'm more overpowered, I can get more plat, so therefore I can buy more loot.
1: Right. But, I mean, is that fun, I guess? Uh,
0: f- for me, I can only speak for myself. No, I don't think that's fun. Uh, uh, I've, uh, I've never bought anything. I know Maybe
1: it's fun for some people.
0: You, you caught me once before saying that I've never participated in SLR. Yeah,
1: it's BS. You, it's, you uh, did it just the other night. You I, did it um, I, I, two I've, nights ago.
0: I've been the recipient of of it being done. Right. Uh, I've never actually bought anything myself. It's irrelevant.
1: So. It's irrelevant. I,
0: I'm part of I'm part of the machine. Yes, you I are. am a cog in that machine as well. Yeah. You know, but our players sitting back and saying, "You know what? Why bother running it if I'm just going to see it for sale?" Mm-hmm. or Are they saying also, well, I'm too busy, I've got too many distractions, I've got the family, I've got schoolwork, I've got real work. Well, you know what, it's just as easy to do it this way. I mean, could they be setting aside time to to do that sort of content or are they just, well, it's so much easier?
1: I think it's a combination. I think uh, a lot of people just don't have the time to Mm -hmm. run those zones and they want to get that loot because, you know they want to right everybody wants the best of everything right that they can have and maybe everyone has a different line you know after which is unattainable what's the difference between running a zone and winning the item for free or spending your time harvesting because you can do that in spurts and and spats, you know, when you're working from home or doing laundry or whatever you do, where you really can't dedicate two hours at a time in one big shot to do a zone or one hour or whatever the case may be. But you can dedicate two hours spread out over many hours being, you know, pulled away by um, some work call or something like that. So you earn your plat that way, and then you spend that plat on SLR. So is there a difference between the two things, I guess? Uh, the end
0: result is still the same, right? You know, I think we did talk at one time about you have two currencies.
1: Time and money.
0: Time and money, right? And how you whether you spend more time or whether you spend more money, the end result is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, The question, though, being in an MMO space, if there are folks with more money than there are folks with time, those folks who who have the time are having a difficult time using their time. Yeah. (laughs) Can I fit the word time into a sentence anymore? (laughs) Uh, But because it takes five or six people to run this content successfully, if there's not a lot of people to do it, it becomes difficult to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the challenge is. Well, the SLRing, yes, as you said earlier, is here to stay. It's, it's ingrained in, in game culture at this point in EverQuest 2. Uh, it is stealing a little bit of the population away from uh, folks who do want to run that heroic content, who do actually want to go out and, and fight the mobs themselves, punch the mobs uh, in the face themselves and take their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that population is is dwindling, and it, it, maybe it's being made easier because of SLR. Mm-hmm. It's easier for folks to to kick back and and wait than actually to go out and do it themselves. Yeah. I think you're right. There's always going to be that population of folks who who don't have the time. Right. But it seems to be a larger population than those who uh, want to actually go out and do the content. Yeah. And I and I wonder too if if some of the difficulty in some of these zones is what is preventing players from, from wanting to do them. Uh, I think when we talked about Dungeon Finder, and why you know, some of the struggles with Dungeon Finder was uh, nobody wanted to be exposed as the fraud that they are. Hmm. And, and I say that in all sincerity, and I'm, I'm part of that fraud crowd myself at times. Mm-hmm. When I get into a group, I guess in the back of my head, and maybe this is just me, and let me ask Ellie your take on it. When I get in that group, I assume the tank knows what he's doing. yeah. Totally. I know he, he knows the path, he knows where to bring the mob and where to point it and how to drag it. And I'm I as a healer, I get to just stand there at max heal range, heal, 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 throw in a few nukes, and boom, we're all done. Yeah. He knows how to block, what needs to be death saved, what needs to be interrupted. That's all on him.
1: Or the person who did all the inviting knows everything and and doesn't have a problem communicating that.
0: Uh, exactly. So that role, you're right. It either falls to the to the group leader, or to the to the tank. I, yeah. I don't I don't know why that is. I, I, for some reason, I don't envision blue characters leading. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, and I, well, I, I, and I I say that jokingly uh, and, and stereotypically. The yeah. red is the red guy is the one out front. Yeah. And General- there's only one of him
1: generally i mean i've been in groups where the wizard was in charge and just said point you know pointed and you know it was kind of you know like a giant meathead running the thing not running the thing but following and the the little wizard running things from behind the the shelter
0: you know so many of these uh, encounters in these in these zones i mean before back in the day you you ran a zone and Uh, scripting was limited it was usually reserved for the for the boss mob of the zone right everything else tended to be a uh, a tank and spank type encounter Mm Hmm. Uh, over time we have seen to gravitate away from that and now every named encounter is a mini event right there's either jousting there's something to click there's red text uh it, it's rating on a six six player yeah. scale yeah and every one of them is different every one of them is unique and you have to you have to know these encounters to be successful at them mm-hmm. i think people are hesitant to say well gee if i get in the group everybody else is going to know exactly how to do this right where to stand what to cure what not to cure when to joust when not to joust what to click whether or not to stick my earwax in or not Right. All these things, right? What you know? What the clicky is for? And you know, goodness, there might be quest updates in here as well, and all, and all those other things. There's a whole right. bunch of stuff, and maybe this group isn't going to want to tolerate a noob, right? So uh, I'm wondering if people, even experienced players, even veterans, including myself, are saying, "Huh, I don't want to go out there and have people see that I don't know what to do, right?" And fail, and then. The next thing you know, you see in level chat, never group with with Delmon. He's the suck. We've already we see that in in, uh, in battlegrounds. So that's why I don't go there anymore.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh,
0: but uh, so yeah, I think there's some of that as well. At least from my perspective, I, I don't know if other people feel that way.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough thing. I think you have to get over yourself at some point.
0: But but is that easier said than done? Of
1: course, it's okay. easier said than done
0: all right. Everything's
1: there. easier said than done, you know, but it's possible to get through any of this stuff without dealing with that if you don't want to, which I think is where we where we're at, whereas before you didn't really have a choice. You didn't have a choice you had to group. I mean, I'm talking way back
0: right, right back well, back then. Uh heritage quests, all that sort of thing. Yeah, ran through couldn't... many, multiple uh heroic instances.
1: Yeah, and you really could not do anything by yourself.
0: So if you wanted those sorts of things, if you wanted either your updates or you were chasing quest updates, or you wanted the better loot, or you sometimes just wanted to see it. You kinda had to do it. Yeah. Uh, now we have we have the advantage options. of options. Yeah, we have say a Siren's Grotto zone, right? Yeah. There's how many different flavors of it? There's an advanced solo.
1: I don't even know how many flavors. There's
0: a there's an advanced solo version of it. There's a heroic version. There's a challenge heroic version, and there's a raid version. Uh huh. Um, before, if you wanted to see uh, certain zones, you had to group and go do them. Right. Now you can see them on a, with you and your you and your merc can see them. Yeah. You can see the, the the encounters, and to be honest, most of the encounters now, at least that we've seen trending, it's the same encounter, same mechanics, just more hit points. Right. And I say that in a, in a bit of an exaggerated format. Of course. But it, it, it's the same exact name to mobs with the same exact name in most cases. Uh, maybe there's a little bit more to twist them, but their scripts are basically the same. So uh, under the guise of bringing more content to more players, Mm-hmm. Have they eliminated a tier of that of that player base, that heroic uh, player base? Because, well, uh, there's folks at one end raiding, and then there's folks at the other end molowing, um, and they've squeezed out the middle. Yeah, there's no more middleman in there.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay,
0: uh, and and then sometimes too, you, you, when you do see the loot that's coming out of some of these heroic zones, uh, you you have to realize, well, the people who are getting that loot, it's it's trivial for them. Uh, or th- that loot isn't worth it to them, but they needed the high-level gear to get through the content. Right. So is is the challenge comparable to the reward that's coming out of them? If it takes a person in, say, 200-plus stat gear to be successful in that zone, and that zone is dropping 171 gear,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, why, why would the 212s go out and do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, other than to sell it, perhaps, uh, there's nothing in there of value for them, but the difficulty to accomplish that zone to beat it uh, requires so much gear. i mean we, I think we've certainly seen nowadays uh, to some degree gear makes the man yeah so if that if that is the case and you need that high level gear, you're not getting any any rewards out of this zone if If you need two hundred gear to be successful in it, why would you run it if it's only going to drop 175 sort of stuff? It's yeah. like no value to you. So is is the challenge comparable to the rewards that you see coming out of there? If if right. not, then that's another reason why folks aren't running the zones. Right.
1: Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense.
0: And then then there's the whole molo question, right?
1: Mm.
0: You know, Mercs certainly have altered, I think, the landscape of play style a little bit. Totally. And to the point where we've actually created a term for it, right? Yeah. I think when you create a term for it, you recognize it to be something real. We we have moloing. Right. So we have these advanced solo zones. And, uh, you know, uh, now I have to wonder what advanced solo really means, right, uh, if it really just means molo content. Right. Uh, people are able to go in and do this sort of stuff, and they're getting very good rewards for it. I think when we had Candor on a couple episodes ago and we talked about some of that sort of stuff – he kind of admitted they over itemized the advanced solos.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, they were paying out very well for the difficulty that it took to do them. Right. Uh, so, has that caused this bit of imbalance for folks to say, well, why do it with five other people? Right. I, I can get just as good as stuff every 90 minutes now. I don't have to wait three or four days. Like, remember the old school way? Yeah. You old had to wait, New
1: school, yeah.
0: You had to wait days to get back into an instance. Now right. I can go make a sandwich and come back <laughs> right? and I'm ready to run the zone. I ran one the other day with somebody. It took us so long to finish it. It was resettable by the time we finished the zone. <laughs> yeah. You know, we could almost start it all over again. So by turning down those timers and giving folks access to the, to the content even faster, they're less likely to go and run it more often, right? Because they're, right. they're doing it three or four times consecutively. In theory, yeah, for
1: and, sure. And, and when
0: it's solo, you're able to actually get through it all. Right. So I just wonder if if advanced solos and molos have really changed the you know again squeezed out the heroic player.
1: That's a good way to put it. Squeezed out, like muscled out almost.
0: <laughs> muscled. Out. It, I, well, so let me ask you this: Do you think that the advanced solos are too good for what they are?
1: I I can't say at this point. Too good depends on the loot. Okay. You know, right? And I and I kind of I don't have my finger on the pulse of loot out of advanced solos at this point, point. Uh, and that reward level seems to change periodically. But I feel like it's so easy to solo. It's so it's the it's not so much the reward as the ease of everything. It's just so easy to solo. It's so easy to molo. Why bother going through the hassle of dealing with five other personalities? In potentially five other time zones, you know, and trying to find a good start time between everybody's, you know, going to the bathroom or eating this meal or that meal and picking up this person or that person and whatever else they may be doing. Right. Plus making sure that they everybody's on, the, you know, we have the well-rounded group and everybody knows what's going on and blah, blah, blah. Maybe it's just easier to bring out my Merc and go do something just slightly less difficult than what I can handle and power through it and get my crap. And that's good enough. It's passable. My gear that I win in these type of things is good enough.
0: They've even made Mercs more attractive along the way. If you Remember, your Merc took a a, a cut of the money.
1: Right. Yes, they used to do that.
0: He took a share of your drop. Well, why group with five other people who are each going to take their share? Exactly. When my merc never rolls against me, right? And he doesn't take a cut of the of the of the chest, right? So, and he's
1: not going to hog shinies.
0: And he's not going to hog shinies. Absolutely. Um, so they've made them even more attractive as to uh, now. Now, certainly, you know, th- those few silver is it going to make you. Are you going to get rich? Right, probably not uh but it, but it's just that general mentality thinking of why group with other people when i i can bring this thing right. that doesn't really want anything it's not gonna it's not gonna roll need on anything on me
1: why do i need people in an mmo
0: that's that's a good question They're and dirty
1: I, and messy and they take too damn long
0: and they talk back they my, talk back my mark never talks back that's true uh, but I think if you look at what we're seeing now, you know, you look at Chains of Eternity, even, uh, and, and again, this I think that goes this goes to the ease of ease of certain content. Uh, you know, of all the zones that we have in in Chains of Eternity, the vast majority of the player base seems to be centered around two zones: mm-hmm. uh, Harrow's End for the mount, and when you're done there, you step outside the door and you hit Dread Cutter because it's just down the dock, mm-hmm. and Dread Cutter can be done in 15 minutes. Why would I want to fly all the way over to JW and run New Chelsea and run the, the Worm Bones, which seem to take forever? Right. Nobody ever does those contents. Uh, people, people are interested in, in the E's, right? And that's yeah. Harrow's End, Dreadcutter. Harrow's End, Dreadcutter. And by the time you finish both of those, Harrow's End is probably resettable again for you if you yeah. want that bad. Yeah. And you get another shot at a mount, which you, you might want to sell. <laughs> uh, so certainly that that difficulty level that I, either the traveling to you know let's mm-hmm. be honest travel in eq2 is trivial today compared to what it used to be but my goodness jw is so far away isn't it right it's way over there Alley and then i gotta fly up to that cliff Ugh, eesh. you know i can fall i can fall out of harrow's end and run down the dock right and i'll train everything along the way there so um i i think too the the level of difficulty or uh, how long it takes to do some of these zones is making folks uh, less interested in doing some of them. They run the yeah. same two over and over again because they're easily turned and burned. Right, and, and I think that's a shame. So, uh, you know, kind of, kind of to, to look at this, you know, from a from a thirty thousand foot view, I, I, I think they need to take a look at some of these things. I, I think they need to get loot chase out there. There needs to be something that everybody wants to run other than the mounts, right? right? other than that one slot. You know, we heard Canada talk about the best in slot. Well, we need more best in slot stuff in the heroic zones. Yeah. And there needs to be a a risk involved with going there you, that you might not get it so that you're going to want to keep coming back. And it has to be good enough that it's going to want to motivate you to keep coming back. Right. Uh, I, I don't think anything can be done about SLR at this point. It is what it is.
1: Right. Yeah. But there are ways to work around it, like you're talking about.
0: And I think they need to make those challenges, those those best-in-slot items, uh, comparable to the effort that it takes to get them. Right. You know, you, you can't put something like that in dread cutter. Right. Because people are just mowing through that thing. Yeah. You know, they they need to build up the work that that you have to work, that you have to chase this. And I think they do have to advertise these things. You know, I think that's one thing that that SOE doesn't do very well. And we we kind of got snarky about the wiki earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and, and those tools don't help us. What is out there for me to chase? What is there for me to go after? Why do I want to run this content? You know, I hear from players, oh, it's not worth it. So that's why I think nobody does it. Right. I think the the word of mouth has poisoned the well in a lot of places, either through the forums or through level chat. And when you you become a creature of what you see. Yeah. I see people running Harrow's End and I see people running Dreadcutter and I see them running Sleeper's Tomb over and over again. Uh, and you look at, I think, most recently two that uh, fabled Clus of Rujark zone, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be a heroic contested zone. Uh, but I would argue that they totally missed their mark when they set yeah. the, the challenge level of that zone, the difficulty of it. You've got five or six people camping that entire zone, locking down the names that spawn every 30 minutes. It, well, it's a great idea, it's a, a way to reuse content... Uh, to give the level ninety fives those those top end players those uh, as we talked about in the past that those max level heavy ended game right mm-hmm. we we have players at that max level somewhere else to go, but they wait it made it way too easy right if you can molo that contested zone, it is way too easy
1: yeah there 's something wrong there
0: they need to almost double the difficulty level in there they need to drive it back to needing six people to move around in there, like yeah. it was. When Clefts first launched, when Clef right. came live, you didn't go in there by yourself.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's just going to get worse. Can you imagine Nest or Vaults or any of those as, as doing the same equivalent that they're doing right now? Well, They're supposed to be hard. Right. They're supposed to be challenging for a group, not for one person.
0: Uh, and to be honest, they're not even challenging for that one person. The, right. they're not, trust me delmont's gone in there and done okay
1: right That's... I'm,
0: sur- I'm not burning the place down but yeah. i can handle a triple up heroic mob in there by myself no mo- yeah. no merc just me takes a little while but i can do it that that to me totally means it missed its mark if you've got right. templars who can solo in there right uh it's way too easy you know you know they hinted at, at SWE live that down the road uh, they're moving into the Kingdom of Sky expansion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, I'm already envisioning uh, Sanctum of Scaleborn. there. Yeah. Is going to be the the next one of these things. Why wouldn't you? It was a very popular zone. Everybody had to go through there. Many, many quests um, were there.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I see them starting with something smaller. Okay. Nest or or something.
0: Uh, or, or Palace of the Awakened, another very popular contested zone, if they're going to do right. one. Uh, yeah. but they really need to up the level of difficulty than what they did in, in Clefts.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So uh, that's my take. I don't think there is a thriving uh, co- heroic content community in EverQuest, too. I think there's a lot of reasons that it's it's not. I think some of it could be addressed.
1: I think there's a thriving community, but it's more commerce-based than grouping-based, than adventuring. It's more about making plat and maximizing that than anything else yeah
0: i agree i agree uh i'd love to hear other listeners take on this i'd love to hear folks write in and say you know what their experience is maybe there are people out there doing her old content all the time i don't see it but i'd love to hear from folks who are or or folks who aren't and maybe what their take on why why they don't think players are doing it or why maybe they're not doing it yeah i I think that'd be really interesting so uh they took a few shots at you Allie. (laughs) (laughs) with your 10-year-old minecrafters well
1: it's because i'm i'm on the table i put it on the table fair enough i call them (laughs) 10-year-olds uh
0: i'm i'm interested to hear from the 11-year-olds to see what they're doing about heroic content Mm -hmm. maybe maybe we'll uh maybe inspire them to write to us that way so uh do we want to talk about our least favorite and most favorite thing right now
1: well yeah i have a least favorite thing this week okay what's that um i don't like sitting I don't like sitting out a raid.
0: Oh, uh, I thought you meant sitting in a chair. I'm sorry. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. But uh, yeah, I hate sitting. I forgot how hard it is to sit because I don't really have to do it that often. Uh, but I got to be honest, I'm a big baby when it comes to sitting. And I think my friends don't like it when I sit either because all I do is spend every moment in the on the bench Bitching and moaning and complaining and tells. And I think that my friends don't like it when I have to sit <laughs> either.
0: <laughs> I don't like sitting either. I, I can appreciate that. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to sit, although feel free. You oh. can have my spot at any power raid you want.
1: <laughs> right. I'm sure they'll take a ranger for a Templar any day of the week no problem sure easy swap
0: well let's be honest uh we do probably about the same amount of healing and you're far more better at dps than i am so <laughs> maybe they would someday
1: maybe so do you have a least favorite del
0: i, I actually don't have a least favorite this week i i i kind of cheated a little bit i have two most favorites if that's okay oh. i'd like to bend the rules a little bit
1: hey it's all positive are you being positive delmon
0: uh yes yes uh so one of my one of my most favorites this week is uh I got my elite mark back. We we're just talking about marks a few moments ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember in, in I remember previous...
1: you you crying.
0: Yes, in, in previous least favorites. Yes. <laughs> uh, I had lost my mark during yeah. the signature quest uh in Harrow's End there where they give you a mark. And I had uh Matry Dutt there, the uh the brigand snake lady. And it overwrote her, and I didn't get her back. And uh, I had seen some forum posts about people saying, "Oh, they won't help you." So I'm like, "All right, crud. I guess I'm I guess I'm SOL." Mm-hmm. And at the behest of somebody, they said you should send in a ticket. And I said, "No, no, no." They said you should send in a ticket. So I said, "Fine." I put in a ticket, and sure enough, 24 hours later, they gave me my elite mark back. Mm. And in my head, I had already pre-written the response to this individual <laughs> saying. I did what you told me, and I got the standard response of there's nothing that they can do, and maybe I should go to the forums and ask my fellow players for suggestions. Mm. I had already written this response to them, but I ended up having to go back and say, even though I had written this, I have egg on my face.
1: Gee, that crow tasted really awesome.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> let me have another helping of humble pie. <laughs> Tail between the legs, hat in hand, the whole nine yards, Ellie. I did it all. Yeah. And said... You were right. I have my Elite Merc back. I'm very happy. Thank you for making that suggestion the millionth time. I finally followed through on it.
1: Even though Delmon absolutely hates to say he was wrong.
0: I was wrong. And they were right.
1: That's amazing. So uh,
0: what's your most favorite this week?
1: My most favorite thing this week is drawings of armadillos. Um, I saw a picture of a post-it note from uh, one of the SOE kitchens that has a drawing of an armadillo on it, and it, it made my week.
0: And, and you've been a big fan of armadillos, and you've been—that's part of the the alley festo to try to get armadillos uh, as pets in the game, and maybe someday down the road it'll happen.
1: Not pets, but. Um familiars, I guess. Okay. I, I guess maybe a pet. I mean, when you say pet, could it be house pet? Could it be, you know, uh, I want a, I want an armadillo to follow me around at a raid, basically. Okay. That's what I want. I want to go to a raid with an armadillo following me around.
0: You know you'll get a tell from the main tank Templar saying, please hide care. your pet.
1: I don't care. I will <laughs> never, ever, ever hide my armadillo pet. And I'll tell you why. Armadillos are awesome. Why? Because they're tough on the outside, and squishy on the inside. Just like me.
0: All (laughs) righty. Very
1: nice. (laughs) What's your um, favorite thing, even though you already had a favorite thing, Del?
0: My other favorite, and I'll admit I'm double-dipping this episode, (laughs) is uh, the avatar of Bristlebane. Yes. He popped. Yes. And our guild managed to kill him.
1: No. No. Yes? No. No. Yes. Well, our guild minus Ellie, who crashed and got screwed. Uh,
0: yeah, so this might be on Ellie's least favorite of this week. Uh, <sighs> Should be. You, you you had an LD.
1: Why? Because the the game swapped people around and put someone in my spot, in my group. So when I came back, my spot was full and I was on the sidelines. And I had to stand there and watch them kill Russell Bane while I stood there and listened to them on vent. And 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 ah, annoying.
0: I went out on a limb with our uh, our predictions, and because Bristlebane is a a, a random uh, avatar that spawns, he doesn't always he's not available all the time. <sighs> and little did I know when we recorded that uh, in our last episode, it ha- he spawned like two or three nights later.
1: Right, so which made it- me even more mad because I didn't get in on the kill. And you got your fancy pickum, like, one more down, one more tick mark down, which ticks me off.
0: So that, that is my most favorite. I didn't get the mount, unfortunately, and I, I, I want to get the Bristlebeam mount. He, I think he looked really cool. I think other people said it wasn't that cool-looking. I think it is. Who, who wouldn't want to ride on a, on a tiger-colored meat beast with awesome stats?
1: Tiger-colored?
0: He's, 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 he's tiger-colored.
1: Okay.
0: He's orange with stripes.
1: That's not a color. That's a pattern. Oh, well,
0: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's talk about the Alley angle then. Okay. <laughs> Which won't involve colors or patterns, I hope. Okay. But, Allie, this is our 70th episode. And as you know, level 70 was the max level back in the Kingdom of Sky Days. So, in honor of the number 70, what are your three fondest memories from that era in EverQuest 2?
1: Now all I can think of is the count. Sorry. Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Well, uh, my number three is actually The Mark of Awakening, uh, which, I don't know if you remember, that was a signature series. And the reward for that was this glowing icon that kind of surrounded your breastplate. And it was a really obvious uh, way to identify people who were wearing the Mark of the Awakening. And it was like kind of a badge of honor in a way. And that's one of those things that I I really, really wanted to finish. And it was tough. It was extremely tough at the time. Um, You had to kill a times four dragon. And it was actually a really challenging mob to kill and in, in that time my guild wasn't really doing a lot of raiding, so it was extremely challenging uh i got mine kind of late in the game but i still got it done and it, that was really really exciting to get that and to put that on and kind of like wear it around and you know be seen a little bit
0: I certainly do remember the mark of the awakening, and uh, I will say this: I think I don't remember exactly, but I think that was the first raid I ever went on in EverQuest too. Wow! Yeah, I was tuning around one night in Bone killing those uh, those praying mantis people. Yeah. And somebody sent a tell that said, "Do you want to go do this?" Mm. And I said, "And you
1: knew you needed it for that quest." I
0: did. I did, and I said, "Sure, I'll go." And I got invited, and it was a raid. And I believe it was the first one I had ever been on. It was, and I don't even remember the name of the guild, but it was one of like the top raiding guilds on our, on the unrest server at the time.
1: Five so,
0: so here I am, like this, like newbie, you know, yeah. running around in treasured and legendary gear because that's what you had back then, right? I'd known fabled gear, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just a regular player. Uh, and, I, and I got in this thing, and these guys were highly coordinated. I was like, wow, they're, they're impressive. This is really cool. Uh, and sure enough, I got my update at the end, and I, I was very thankful to them and uh, went back to the bone mire. And I, I do remember that thing bouncing around my chest and going in circles around me. Yep. So, yes, and I, and I have to say, I still think I might have the item in the bank somewhere.
1: I know I have mine.
0: I'm I'm almost positive I do. I I couldn't tell you where it is, but it's in some vault or in some bank somewhere. I'm sure. You of just
1: it. you know what? Oh yeah, you use that little search icon, and it will tell you exactly exactly what slot it's in. I, yes,
0: yes, it's just something that I'm not looking for right now.
1: Right. Well, I kept all that crap, like um any any important signature line or or heritage quest or whatever. I kept all that stuff. So. My number two is Death Toll Access. I remember raiding Death Toll and not being able to zone in. Somebody else always had to zone me in. And I always wanted to have that access quest done. And I tried really, really hard. It was really hard and long and uh, complicated and involved and... I did finally finish it. Again, I was way behind the curve on that one. And I believe I finished it before they removed the access requirement. (laughs) Uh, But either way, it still would have felt like an accomplishment because um, it was something I worked on really hard to get done.
0: Yeah, I do remember the Death Toll Axis, and I remember working on that quest as well, again, because it was a quest count, so I, I really wanted to do it. But I also wanted to be able to get myself in anywhere. Today's gameplay has totally trivialized th- that quest, because if you remember, uh, one of the steps, you had to fly along the clouds. Remember back then we actually flew on clouds? Yes. Between the, the various islands in, in Uh Today, I think you click on the portal and you just wind up over there. Yep. You don't actually have to fly around anymore. But at one step on that quest, you had to jump off your cloud and land on a floating rock because one of yep. the NPCs was out there. He was on this, like, little floating Q-tip top yep. that you had to land on. And I remember, I think it was uh, the Kazakh stain there. I remember stripping down naked.
1: Catatoxic stain.
0: That, that's probably the right way to say it. <laughs> Stripping down naked on that island and then getting on the cloud because if I missed, you were going to fall into space and die. Right. And, and that was going to do you know, damage to your gear.
1: And then you'd have to pay for the repairs.
0: And then I was going to have to pay for the repairs. And back then, it cost a lot of money because I didn't have a lot of money back
1: then. Right, right.
0: Uh, so I remember, yes, stripping down naked to fly around on My clouds That's insane. Uh, to, to work on that, on that quest. And uh, there were many times I missed that rock. <laughs> you know, and to the point where I would count, I would fly and then I'd count one one thousand, two one thousand, three, and then I'd jump. I'm like, nope, that was too soon. okay, now count to five thousand and jump
1: seriously that's
0: how I, uh, that's how I learned how to jump onto that rock. It was like how many seconds in my head I, I don't remember what it was. It may have been like eight right. or nine seconds and then and then jump. And then try to, you know, guide myself a little bit. I don't know if I actually did guide myself, but I tried to steer myself by leaning in my chair to (laughs) stick the landing on the rock. I don't think that helped. But, yeah, I I worked very hard on that access quest without pants. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what was your uh, number one? uh, Oh,
1: well, my number one was (laughs) getting hooked on raiding, actually. In the first place, was in KOS. Um, My very first raid zone ever that I ever zoned into was Temple of Scale, which, if you remember, was a contested raid zone. Um, I was way too low to be in there. Uh, All my guildmates were going there, and I was way behind on the curve. But they let me come anyway. They invited me in. I zoned in, and everything was dark orange, if there's such a thing as dark orange and pretty soon after a little while everything turned red and i noticed that i wasn't doing anything except wasting arrows because my my arrows did no damage you know so i ended up dropping but what i did see and what i you know what i experienced there was enough to hook me into raiding at all um and at that point i was like you know i'm done with this whole you know, smell the roses thing. Let me level up and catch up to everybody else and, and see some of this content. So, and, and, and a lot of the raids in, in kingdom of sky are very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Like I have a lot of really fond memories of labs. We spent a lot of nights there and, and, you know, those were back in the day when, you know, there was a hard lockout. And there was no persistence. And, you know, you basically had one night to do the whole zone. Uh, and there was one mob in there in that lab zone that was my nemesis, the, the Corselander. He had something I wanted, a ring. And it was, in, it was just inevitable that every night when we went to, to raid that zone, we would get up to that point and we would have to call it because it was too late. Or we would be able to do one pull. And it was like, oh, please, really? Can I just please see what's in his chest? So I think I I kept doing that zone, even though it was past me at some point, just to get the stupid ring. Uh, But I finally eventually got that ring and it was like probably way, way too late. But uh, a lot of great memories from Kingdom of Sky Raids.
0: I think your story mirrors mine a little bit, even though I don't think we knew each other back in those days. I started raiding around uh, the tail end of Kingdom of Sky. Granted, I, my very first one I, I still think was the Mark of Awakening uh, raid. But uh, when, when the raiding alliance on Unrest was doing Death Toll is when I started, started joining them for raids as a probie member. And I remember the very first raid that I got invited to, they were going off to Death Toll. And we mm-hmm. were just about to zone in, and I got bumped. By oh. somebody else who needed an update in there because I think you needed a X update for something, oh. maybe a Heritage Quest or something, and I got bumped. My very first raid, first raid I actually like signed up for and was on time for. It wasn't like some pickup thing or somebody said, "Hey, we got a twenty fourth slot. Would you like to be in it?" Right, uh, and I got bumped from my very first raid. So I think you know that's where the downhill spiral started.
1: <laughs> hey, I got bumped out of PR. I got bumped out of PR when there was an empty slot in the raid. How does that make
0: you feel? Well, all right, we'd rather take nobody than you. That's got to exactly. be pretty rough. Well, yeah, so. uh that ranks up there next to uh being in a in a group with a with a a bot and the bot is <laughs> buffed before you. So, but uh yeah, I, I remember I started uh, I started raiding right around the death toll time as well.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um and then, you know, and, and look at where we are now, Allie, that's for sure, right?
1: Yeah, I actually really really enjoyed Kingdom of Sky raids the Goronair, and i can't remember the sister one talendor Goronair. talendor thank you that one was so much fun i mean it's such a tiny little zone but it really was fun and hard uh,
0: there was a certain amount to it you didn't uh, the the expansion didn't launch and you didn't raid that night that content you had to do access oh. quests uh well, there was an x2 you had to complete as well i think to yeah, access to uh, to, to the Goronair Talendor instances, and you couldn't do them both. Right. You picked which one you one wanted or the to other. do that night. One exactly. or the other. And then you waited seven days for the lockout to expire exactly. if you wanted to try the other one. Yeah. Uh, there, there were no... The persistence had not come around yet. Right. right. Uh, you mentioned that earlier, the hard lockouts, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't remember specifically, when did Menderbots come in?
1: Oh, late. Uh, Menderbots
0: later. actually, they didn't come till EOF because that's when Tinkering came, right?
1: Tinkering, yeah.
0: So back then, when you raided these zones... That's when you put on your backup you died 10 times and you put on your backup gear
1: That's right you carried around a crapsh kind of backup gear I had a
0: bag full of other stuff to put on <laughs> look look at this treasured breastplate that I've got right and I put it oh. on and I fought dragons in it.
1: That's right oh man there was just so much good stuff Oh I mean there were there were great raid zones but there were great um heroic zones too do you remember the nest? That I mentioned earlier, and vaults. That was an awesome zone. That was
0: fun. I specifically remember halls of fate. Yes, because I must have run that millions of times. Literally, Allie.
1: Literally, literally, literally.
0: And I literally died every time we went there because somebody would be on that baby green dragon quest thing, (laughs) and that thing would spawn and show up and decimate the people. You know what?
1: We got decimated before we were trying to, we were like gathering for labs and we, we'd get decimated. So you'd have to actually hang on the wall. You didn't want to go all the way up the wall and stand there because some baby dragon would come along and, every time.
0: And God forbid you had to run across those little bridges and you'd fall off or something.
1: Oh, forget about it.
0: Or get knocked off or something would jump you and you'd have to fight on those things. And, and back then we had to actually fly on clouds. We just didn't click, you know, from portal yeah. to portal. <laughs>
1: The Den Den of the Devourer was in that yep. same expansion, uh, the Black Scale Sepulcher, or however you pronounce that zone. Um, but there was a ton of,
0: I mean, Labs
1: and Death Toll are the big raid zones that I remember. But there was AOA, yep, and then the Lyceum.
0: Remember, yeah, yep. with
1: the the one where I remember we're trying to go back there to get that one piece that I still needed, and I think I still do need it. <laughs> We're no, not we're, going back now. No, we are. We're, I, I, that's a camp. I okay. need to camp it. All right. And Temple Scale mm-hmm. and Halls of Scene. Uh, yeah. But I think, I, SOS I, is the big one, obviously. I
0: think it was so popular, too, because it, it, it brought what we, we both enjoy, dragons, right? There were a dragons. lot of dragons there. There
1: were a lot of dragons, yes.
0: And uh, little known fact, I don't know if a lot of people know this, and it, I didn't certainly realize it until somebody pointed it out one day in the forums, and they showed screenshots. Bonmeyer is just lava storm,
1: yeah, that's been pointed out a bunch of times over the
0: years It, it blew um, my mind the first time I saw that,
1: yeah, when I saw that I definitely was blown away, it's pretty badass though when you look at it, it's like, wow, wow, and I think it's about inventive, it's inventive, it really and is. you know what i I'm sorry i don't care if they reused it it's pretty badass
0: no but what it was was i was what what it what caught my attention so much about it i was so duped i never realized that
1: right but that's that's good that's yeah
0: absolutely Uh, kudos to them absolutely i think about the amount of time i spent in lava storm Mm -hmm. and the amount of time i spent in bonemeyer and i never put those two together right until and then the the screenshots like side by side i'm like Holy cow, you're right. That bridge there, that rock bridge, is that same? That's exact. It's just you come at it from a different angle.
1: Yeah, if it weren't for the bridges, I don't think anyone would have picked up on it.
0: No, no. So uh, looking back, Allie, what were your three uh, favorite memories from the Kingdom of Sky area? Your third one was?
1: Uh, Mark of the Awakening.
0: And your number two was?
1: Death Toll Access.
0: And finally, your favorite part of KOS?
1: Getting Hooked on Writing.
0: I think all really good uh, three things. I I certainly appreciate and remember all of my experiences there as well. All right. So then do we have anything else then, Allie, for this, the 70th episode of EQ2 Talk?
1: No, I'm pretty sure we've hit on everything.
0: And I just want to say, since episode 69, Allie, don't you find 70 be just a little bit anticlimactic? Of course. All right.
1: Everything's ad climactic after 69.
0: All right. So let's say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We sure do hope that you enjoyed it. And also let's say thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, Allie, Alliance Rubber Bands, holding your world together. Allie, if you have any elastic needs, you can go over and check them out there over there at rubberband.com. Wow.
1: There you go. There's a website.
0: You need anything that needs to be stretched out and then held together? (laughs) Anything stretchy? No? Okay. All right. Again, thank you to Alliance Rubber Bands. I'm pew, pew, pewing with them right now. (laughs) Allie, if folks want to get in touch with us, how can they?
1: Oh, please. You can email us. I'm Allie at, that's A-L-I. A-L-I. Three letters. At eq2talk.com.
0: And I'm Delmon at eq2talk.com. And if you're 10, play Minecraft and want to use <laughs> to EQ2, please, write to Allie.
1: Right. And then yell at me. Uh, you can reach us in game uh, at um, eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S.
0: And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N.
1: You can join our in-game chat channel when you can yell at Delmon on a regular basis. And you can find us there at eq2.unrest.eq2talk.
0: You can also check us out over there on the Facebook where we are facebook.com slash eq2talk.
1: Or follow us on Twitter at eq2talk.
0: Hope you'll all come back for episode number 71. And say rubber band man, Allie.
1: Rubber band man, Allie. Man, I'm telling you, about midway through that first section, I was dying. Dying.
0: And brought to you by Allowance Rubber Bands. (laughs)
1: Allowance? What's my allowance? 25 cents? I'll
0: give you 50 this week. But you got to sweep the garage. You can also check us out over there on the Facebook where we are.
1: <laughs> this is going to be bad. All right, let me start over again.
0: You can also check us out over there on the Facebook where we are. Facebook. Alright. And I just want to say too, uh since level sixty nine
1: Well that didn't make any sense, did it? Why is this so hard? Do you have this problem?
0: No, I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs>